You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. You know what your problem is, huh? You're so goddamn bored, you gotta invent things to bitch about. You haven't got a single thing on this earth to do except for your hair. Yeah, your closet was fine. You just needed something to take up your useless, empty, nail-polishing, toe-polishing, rich bitch, sun-tanning days. Amen, Kurt Russell. Amen. Welcome back to another brand spanking new episode of 80s Revisited. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris, and with me as always, my loyal producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. For if he weren't here, I wouldn't be here because it's his house, it's his mic, it's everything. So it's at his mercy that I'm allowed to do this. But yeah, it's summertime, it's boiling hot outside, so not this is a summertime movie, but it involves water. Yes, that's, so, that's the connection. Summertime activity. Yeah. But also, we're recording, Certainly not this, winter. we're recording this on July 2nd, 2016, the 30th anniversary to the day of the release of none other than Big Trouble in Little China, the very first episode of 80s of Visited that we ever did. Oh. So it's only fitting that on the anniversary, the 30th anniversary of that cinematic classic, unless you're Daniel or our friend uh, in Tasmania. Uh, they don't like it either, but, uh, you know, God, not everybody's perfect, you know, but anyway, so what better way than to talk about Kurt Russell, a Kurt Russell movie on the anniversary of that day, so mm. that's, that's the coincidence part that we're talking about <laughs> Overboard today, because <laughs> I just tried to pull something out to watch, uh, but anyway, Overboard was released December 16th, 1987, IMDb gives it a 6.7, Rotten Tomatoes 50% critics, 73% audience, so... People dug it. Uh, no information on the estimated budget. However, it did open at 1.8, which put it at number seven for the week that it opened. Uh, number one was Eddie Murphy Raw. Uh, it went on, however, to domestically gross 26.7. Couldn't find any info on worldwide or rentals. Uh, so since we don't know the budget, we don't know if it was a smash or whatnot. But you know, to open at 1.8, but then to go at least in its run, go on to make 26.7. Yeah. That's pretty impressive, and from what I remember, it did kind of, I guess kind of as word caught on, it did, uh, the it went up the chart, so to speak. Opened at, what I say, seven, it did kind of, it stayed in the top ten for a good long while, so people were going to see it. It was never number one, however. Uh, but nevertheless, directed by Gary Marshall. Uh, he loves to do chick-type flicks. He also did Beaches, uh, Pretty Woman. Love the cover of that. That taught me how to do a, a boy thing when I was a kid. Uh, Princess Diaries. Uh, written by Leslie Dixon. Uh, he also most recently did Limitless, uh, the Shelley Long, Bette Midler classic Give in the, the 80s, bill. Outrageous Fortune. I need to bill. <laughs> that's De Niro. Oh. From Limitless. Oh, never seen it. Oh, yeah. Nope. I figured that's what you were referencing, but he wants to bill. Give me the bill. But he, his biggest claim to fame in my book for Leslie Dixon was that he wrote Mrs. Doubtfire. So thank you for that. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much. And as we mentioned, starring the great Kurt Russell as Dean Prophet, of course, The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, Escape from New York, Hateful Eight, most recently. Always a pleasure to see him in a movie. Uh, he's probably one of my favorite actors, uh, period. If I had to make a list, which nobody's putting a gun to my head, but he'd be on there. Uh, and also starring his live-in partner for like 30 years plus, Goldie Hawn as Joanna or Annie. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, Private Benjamin, Wildcats, most, uh, one of my favorites also, Death Becomes Her with Bruce Willis and Meryl Streep. 
Uh, Edward Herman was Grant, uh, Lost Boys, Aviator, Nixon, lots of recurring TV and voice work. You've heard this dude. I think he passed away just like last year or something, but he, ton of Discovery documentaries, tons of car commercials. You know his voice if you don't know his face. Uh, also starring Catherine Hellman as Edith. She was also in Brazil, Cars, and most importantly, she was Mona from Who's the Boss? Uh, Herman died in 2014, not last year. Actually, December 31st, 2014, so basically yeah. a year ago in 2015. Uh, close enough. Uh, also, Mike Haggerty as Billy. Uh, of course, he was in Wayne's World, Austin Powers 2. He was a recurring Friends character as well in that show that I rarely watch, though my wife binge-watched it when they were on Netflix. Uh, but you've seen, him, you've seen his face, you know, uh, He's one of those, got one of those faces, char- you know, background character actor kind of situation. Yeah. And Roddy McDowell as Andrew, of course, Planet of the Apes, Poseidon Adventure. Uh, he was also one of the producers on the film, so I guess, you know, might as well play in it as well. Yeah. Put, you know, pay myself to play in this movie <laughs> since I'm also a producer and an actor. Or, you know, maybe to save money by putting myself on a part. <laughs> uh, Sven Ole Thorson was Olaf, most notably, and recently on the podcast when we did uh, before Halloween last year. Uh, he was in The Running Man. Excuse me, he was also in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, and he's a good personal friend of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Good workout buddy. And in a very brief scene, Hector Elizondo as the garbage skipper, uh, Runaway Bride, and we just covered him on the podcast with Leviathan when we went deep on the podcast. But uh, if you haven't seen Overboard, two-sentence synopsis, rich bitch falls overboard, finds love with poor Carpenter and his terrible children. And that's kind of the gist. But uh, Jesse, have you ever seen this movie before? I know you watched it for the podcast. Um, before this, yeah, no. I mean, not to my recollection. Not to my recollection. This was one that my that my mo- my mother loved this movie. Oh yeah, you mentioned. In that. fact, uh, at our store, it was a you know it was in a strip mall with a Windexy, which is a supermarket if you're not from the south. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, you know, glass front. They'd always put the movie posters on the windows, mm-hmm. and when you went in, you could sign your name if nobody had their name on the back of a poster, and they with your phone number. And when they took it down, they'd call you and say, "Hey, we got the poster. You can come get it if you want." So. I decorated my room with those, but my mother had, she had the Baby Boom with Diane Keaton poster, she had, and she had this one. Wow. She loved those two movies. And watching this one as an adult, I liked it, you know, spoiler before the end. Yeah. Uh, but as a kid, like, I just, I just, all I knew about this movie was Goldie Hawn is like in a thong, and she's really pretty, and <laughs> yeah. I like this movie. You know, I like it because she's, For know, reasons. I like watching it because she, <laughs> Goldie Hawn's in it. But then as you get older, it's like, I like this movie because Kurt Russell is awesome in it. Yeah. And like I already mentioned, you know, complete bias, love Kurt Russell. Uh, but anyway, just my mother, like she absolutely loves me. I don't know if she's seen it since then. I don't know if she's revisited it. Mm. But uh, so that was one of the reasons, like, ah, might as well watch it. You know, it's got Kurt Russell in it. My wife also is a Kurt Russell fan. We kind of accidentally binged on Kurt Russell because I, uh, I watched uh, Overboard and then like Backdraft and with some other movie, we, uh, Tango and Cash. Spoiler for next week. Uh, I mean, Kurt Russell twofer here. Uh, but anyway, so we kind of accidentally binged on Kurt Russell, and we're like, yeah, God, just love Kurt Russell. He's so good. Mm. And, of course, if you haven't seen Hateful Eight, damn. Uh, yeah. Go see it immediately, or go get it on Amazon, because it is fantastic, mm. and he's great in it. Which, uh, and it's, like I said as well, today was Big Trouble Little China Day, as far as I'm concerned. It's a national holiday, 30th anniversary uh, of the release of that cinematic classic. But I was watching the commentary, and this period, you know, most people, most film people tend to know who Kurt Russell is. You know, you're familiar with Hateful Eight, Tombstone, The Thing. You know, most people are excited to remember that he was in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Small demographic hates the movie, which we already talked about. <laughs> but anyway, uh, 
but in Kurt Russell, and he actually said this on the Big Trouble in Little Trouble, Big Trouble in Little China commentary, which I highly recommend if you have the Blu-ray or the DVD and you haven't listened to that, by all means, please do. It's a great commentary. Him and John Carpenter's are always phenomenal. But uh, when you look at the numbers for his films, like in the 80s, mm. he wasn't in any, like, box office smashes. He was in, but fortunately for him, he was in cult films. Films that, you know, in hindsight are looked at as masterpieces, most notably like The Thing, uh, Escape from L.A. is still considered to be, you know, a, a underrated, fantastic film uh, and stuff like that. Uh, but at the time, he really wasn't, you know, he was more of a character actor. And what he said, in, getting back to the commentary, what he was saying was that, uh, and I believe this, I think I can, I can see how this is true, but home videos is what made him still relevant today, or people remembered him, because that's where he found his film, a lot of his films found their audience. I know that's where I found Big Trouble in Little China and The Thing and Escape from New York. And all that. I think I said LA earlier, but I'm in New did. York. Uh, I'd let it go. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I could catch my own mistakes sometimes. <laughs> you know, but because uh, I mean, Kurt Russell's been an actor most of his life. I mean, starting with Disney as a kid, but you know, he was never he was never like a draw like a Stallone or Schwarzenegger in the '80s to where that was that was your action hero in the '80s. What was, was the movie that made him a draw? I don't know, probably Tombstone, maybe. And actually, it's funny in the commentary they joke that it was Captain Ron. Captain Ron, yeah, which maybe. John Garber said that's his, John Garber said that was his favorite performance Kurt Russell ever did. Next in his second, the one I remember. I was telling like I need to let Autumn see that one. I don't think she's seen it because that is one of my favorite gags ever. Because he's basically he looks just like Snake Plissken in that movie. He's got the eye patch, the hair, <laughs> yeah. but he's taking yeah. a nap and he's just staring straight ahead. And like yeah. the kids, they're <laughs> like, "Oh, I think he's dead, Dad. He's been like that for hours." It's yeah. Like, Oh, Jesus Christ, he's dead. They you know, shake him, and all of a sudden, ah, he wakes up, and he's screaming at him, wait, where are you? I can't see. And he moves the eye patch to yeah. his other eye. <laughs> he's like, oh, there you are. Great gag. I mean, and Kurt, and Kurt Russell's so versatile. He can do comedy. We're, you know, we're talking, this is a comedy we're talking about today. Huh? Yeah, back Because Underrated performance in that movie. Because it, it grossed all, I mean. That was a big hit. Captain Ron didn't even make his money back, so that's probably, yeah. And we're taking cash, I mean. Where was, uh. Time was backdrop was early nineties, ninety one. Okay, yeah. So that's kind of the era, but of yeah. course, you know, fan like oh, it's Kurt Russell from Overboard and Big Trouble in China, and you know, I fanboy out when I see Kurt Russell's in a movie. He's a draw for me just because a, he's never done a bad performance in my opinion, and even in Furious Seven as Mister Nobody, <laughs> that movie's bad. But he, like he's in it for like I five know. minutes. He is, he like I was much. when he's when he was out of it, I'm like that's it. <laughs> you get Kurt Russell in this movie, and you're going to use him for like. Four minutes. Work for a day. I, you know, and like, and, and in, in Grindhouse, he's stuntman Mike. It's like, of course he was a he was an evil person, but I was still sad when he dies in the end. I was like, oh man, because he was so lo- he was a likable villain. Yeah. He chases him down. He's like pulls over. Like, well, I had a great time. You know, he's like, see you later. And like, nope, girls kill him. Spoiler chance in Grindhouse or death proof in Grindhouse. But yeah, I mean, I I just. He's so underrated, I think. I think he's underappreciated as well. Uh, I was listening to another podcast where they were covering Big Trouble in Little China. As they were doing a summer of 86 thing, which we've been, you know, I'm not, I don't drop names of podcasts I don't respect because we've been talking about summer of 86 since our first movie, 151 episodes ago. But anyway, just, just talking a little friendly podcast trash. trash. But, uh, I mean, Kurt Russell's been in some fantastic films. Not all of them have been good, but, I mean, if you look at his catalog... In my opinion, it's one of the, I mean, versatility, quality, cult, a bit, a little bit of everything. Yeah. He can do it all. Uh, and uh, most recently, Bone Tomahawk. I don't know if I'm. I think we did that on a Back to the Future segment. 
phenomenal. That movie's awesome. Uh, I don't. Did we talk about that? I think we might have mentioned it. Maybe oh. we might have talked about Hateful Eight at the same time because it came out like he, he kept his mustache from Hate or he was start. He was growing that mustache for Hateful Eight while he was filming Bone Tomahawk, and then he just got a little more ragged for uh, not to uh, about to say Tombstone for some reason, but uh, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight, yeah. You know, so but uh, I should watch this. It's 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 good. It's 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 like one of those direct, like direct to video, I guess. I mean, I don't know if it got any. It didn't get a theatrical release here. Straight to Prime and straight to Netflix kind of thing. But I mean, yeah. it's got Kurt Russell, Patrick Wilson, uh, the dude from Lost, uh, forget Matthew Fox. Fox, yeah. Uh, and then it's, oh, I forget the old guy. Go to the cast while you got it up. I forget the old guy's name. It's un, uh, David oh, Arquette. Oh, what's his name? He's the dad in fucking. Uh, oh man. Cook on Richard Jenkins, it might be him. Yeah, the old guy, the dad, like he's been in like so many sh- things. I gotta see that's his face. That's probably Richard Jenkins. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Richard. Yep, that's him. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he was the dad in Step Brothers. That's the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, you know, you wrecked my boat. <laughs> yeah, that guy, you know, the one that ended up banging Mary Steinburgen. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, if you if you love Kurt Russell like I do, and you haven't seen Bone Tomahawk, it's awesome. It's like it's an unconventional western. And it's good, you know, it's not, like, I like, I'm not a big Western fan, but I like good ones. Yeah. Like, Unforgiven, Hateful Eight, you know, Django, you know, something that adds something to the genre. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, and I say that as well, every one of John Carpenter's films is basically a Western. Anyway, just set in different time periods. Right. Which is a shame that he's never done an actual Western. Because that's what he's... Time. That's, if he ever does any films anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, he's, he's kicking it with his music, though. Uh, so yeah, but anyway. another feeling maybe it just doesn't work with anybody anymore. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't work with studios, so okay, done. It's like well, it's and the thing as I was watching the commentary that I was talking to Autumn, like because we had a big you know billion dollar lottery, and like you know on the first one of the first things I would have done with that money was make bigger trouble in Little China, bigger trouble, and just wrote a blank check to John Carver and say you every, we're getting everybody back. We're gonna do a two picture deal. Gonna We're gonna do the way you want. Bigger Trouble in Little China and Escape from Earth. You're gonna finish the Snake Plissken trilogy before somebody fucks it up and reboots it. <laughs> so, but enough about all the, the Kurt Russell gushing. There's other people in this movie, especially the lovely, lovely Goldie Hawn. Uh, like we were saying, I mean, she's always she's 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 a she's a good she's hilarious. Uh, I think she's an underrated actress as well in terms of. Uh, and a forgotten one, per, uh, frankly. Uh, ain't seen her in much lately, but I mean, in the 80s, she had a lot of dramatic comedy type roles. And, and in this movie, I thought she did pretty good. You know, it was, you know it's, this is like first and foremost a comedy, but she played, you know, an extreme, the extreme different personalities, I thought, pretty well. And uh, as for the plot, Jesse, you were talking earlier, like Stockholm. <laughs> like it's, Stockholm. I'm like, see, the movie. like, again, I haven't seen this for years. You know, not as long as obviously you might have, but you know, right. I was like, "Oh, it's classy." He didn't sleep with her. Well, eventually he does. Yes, he does. I'm still, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, this is okay. He's still a good guy, Kurt Russell. He, he, <laughs> he sleeps on the couch. He, you know, he's not, he's he's not being rapey. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, then she starts to fall for him, and it's like, oh, well, yeah. I guess, and like, you know, he just, you know. I, I, I guess it's consensual because she doesn't know the truth. So no, he, he rapes her in this movie. Could have said it was a sister. That's from true. The start. Yep, but he didn't. Nope. He went for the. So I wouldn't leave that door open. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I, I'm watch, I, I'm on board. Like, okay, this movie could still work today. 
you know, he's, he's like, because he even says, I'm just going to get my money back from losing money on this. I'm going to, you know, get her to clean my house, blah, blah, blah. He didn't overstep a, ba- a line, but then eventually he did. He did, <laughs> he's like, yeah. oh, well. It's like, how much is this worth? But the funny thing is, too, when the, re- when the resolution at the end of the movie, and overall, it is a sweet movie. Like, right. you know, that, how it comes back The goal around. was to have a sweet yeah. movie. Yeah, but it ne- like, they kind of forget that she was raped. Like, it's never <laughs> like, you slept with me. Like, you, I, yeah. I never would have done, like... I, th- I personally believe that any woman in this situation that like although they might have actually fallen in love with him, yeah, that would be something that could be unlooked upon at it the time. It would be an issue. Like sure. I didn't even you know like you that's ra- like you know like we said like <laughs> in today's so, age yeah in the reboot if that was still in there that would be the oh the part God, that would ruin it. I guess they would have to leave that out totally. They yeah, would never sleep with each other until afterwards. It would have to be classy the whole time. Which it was until like the last five minutes of their relationship, until the husband yeah, shows just up. Leave the sleeping out yeah, of it, just, and then yeah, it would. Just don't go to bed with her. But uh, overall, you know, revisiting it, I I remember the plot line. I, I remember the end. I remember what happens. But uh, revisiting it today, I think it's it still plays well as a film. Uh, it's a I think it's it's got that classic kind of eighties formula, much like a mannequin or a other kind of silly rom com of. The '80s, not like today, where you know Matthew McConaughey's, you know, he's going to be rich, going to find some love somewhere, in some weird situation. But you know, this mm. was—it's—it's it's not like laugh out loud funny. It is in parts, I'd say, but it's not—it's not like it—it healthfully, healthfully balances the uh, comedy and the drama. It doesn't—it doesn't do like the Adam Sandler thing, where like all the comedy stops for like five minutes. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it's like it's maintaining humorous stuffs happening while the drama the it's being resolved, which I like. That's a big, like, you know, we talked about this before, like, Judge Apatow comedies, like, they're two hours long, they should only be 80 minutes, 90 minutes at the most. Like, cut out this 40 minutes of drama that's weighing this film down, and just, it's a comedy. I want to I be laughing. If I'm not laughing, I'm bored. Right. That's not a good thing. Of course, just my opinion. All right, keep it punchy. Yep, I think, I think this one does it. it. I was interested the whole time, even though, of course, again, seen it many times as a kid, but not as an adult, but... It plays it. The the whole movie is better as, if you're older. As a kid, just like oh, these kids are crazy. Like yeah, I ought to go bring the hose inside and shoot the house. You know, spray my mother with it as well. There's all these crazy things these terrible children do in this film. They all need to go to the eye doctor too because <laughs> couldn't find her when they were playing hide and seek. Right behind him, and and she's handicapped with plates glued to her hands. Yeah, so. And that's amazing glue. It only sticks to human skin, like <laughs> when they had it sitting on the counter. Yeah, it fix it up. Like, oh, whoops! <laughs> it doesn't stick to countertops. So. <laughs> Do not. It's that slow glue acting. You know, it's countertops with this glue. <laughs> yep. But overall, like I, I really enjoyed watching it again. Uh, I thought it was good. Uh, it holds up for being. Uh, let's see, what was it? Eighty-seven. Nearly a twenty-nine-year-old movie. Twenty-nine-year-old comedy. Uh, aside from some of the fashion that she wears <laughs> and yeah. the Pee Wee Herman references. A whole uh, lot of Pee Wee Herman play today, which has some. Did I write that on here? There's some. Tri- oh yeah, there's some trivia on that. I'll get to in like right now. But uh, well, I guess I close, like. What did you think of it? You know, having seen it, I'm so unused to saying that because the <laughs> seat next to me is things. well. There's no more co-host. You mean we're, you're the co-host yeah. and producer now? It's not like I had a, a partner here before. I'm not obligated to. That would, that would but be forced to watch it every time. So. Yeah, it, I just I kept thinking of the Stockholm syndrome thing. Yeah. It was, it was. I mean, it's still entertaining. Yeah, but but when you think of the, de- you know, it's like Dirty Dancing. I don't thought, think of the abortion issue. Uh, <laughs> just watch the movie. 
Well, no, I enjoyed the abortion. <laughs> that was a whole. Listen to our dirty dancing episode for that whole discussion. That made the movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> Without that, I don't think it would have been worth watching. Right? Yeah. I love a good we need more powerful movie. films like that. The, I love abortion films. I mean, delve into just... these issues. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Uh, we mentioned this on our Christmas vacation episode as well, but uh, to re- in case you you are a new listener, new listener, and you just are joining us for this episode, because wow, a podcast on overboard! I never thought that would happen. Uh, but the uh, Kurt Russell's pickup truck was actually the same pickup that was used in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, the opening that's tailgating Chevy Chase. Mm. So that the overboard is Kurt Russell driving? No. <laughs> I was talking all like I would have made it awesome if it was right. his character like speeding home from work or something. Just like not even sticking his head out the window, just calm, just drive, yeah. <laughs> just to sneak it in there. They should actually. You could probably cut the film because they go they go into that eighteen wheeler cut with Big Trouble in China with him in the cab. Oh, so he's driving both vehicles as Jack Burton and Dean <laughs> Prophet. Of course, that's because I'm a fanboy for Kurt Russell. But uh, the name of uh, Joanna's luxury yacht in the movie is the SS Immaculata. That same boat, speaking of other vehicles in other movies, not just only the truck, but that is the same boat uh, that was called the Atessa in the film Indecent Proposal. Another movie about some stranger sleeping (laughs) with another man's wife. But consensually. Yeah, for money. Yeah, for money. Not not because she she needed help and he took advantage of her. I remember when that movie came out and the cast blew my mind. Robert Redford, Demi Moore, and Woody Harrelson. Because this is... Pre, this is when Woody Harrelson was becoming a good actor. I mean, uh, a notable actor, like to where it wasn't like, oh, the guy from Cheers. Decent proposal, like, oh, it's, uh, Woody from Cheers is in a dramatic movie. But uh, of course, he proved that he has the chops. Yeah. Uh, if you don't believe me, watch Natural Born Killers or True Detective season one. I heard a funny story about Woody Harrelson. He uh, when he shows up on set, he has his own RV, but it's like he's a hippie to the bone. Yeah. And so it has no AC, no heat, no nothing. I mean, it's just basically a shack on wheels. Um, but he likes to bring board games with him. Ah, so hey, yeah, <laughs> send him a copy. <laughs> well, yeah, he like plays Catan on set and challenges people. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's to come so play awesome. Catan because you know that's something that other people might know how to play. Yeah, except me. Who's, but he would, would play it on the set of Hunger Games with the other people, and one of the people he played with a lot was uh, Elizabeth Banks. Oh wow. And it turns out she knew more about playing Catan than he did. Oh, wow. She claims that she was winning most of the games, but a lot of times they didn't get to finish because, you know, yeah, well, duties. Ready. Yeah. yeah. You're working. You're on set. She claims she usually had the uh, upper hand. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> also, the fact that Woody Harrelson's father was a hitman, apparently. Mm. I don't know the truth of that, but that's a, something I've heard before. But anyway. Yeah, that dude. Yep. We haven't done oh. many movies with him, huh? In the 80s, I mean, Cheers was pretty much... What did he do, What movies did he do other than... Oh, not nothing? a lot. Nothing. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, that's why. There you go. Yeah, that's why. Keep, keep going up. Let's see what his first note... Was it in decent LA story? I've seen Doc Holly. White Man Can't Jump. Right before, same... Yeah. Right yeah, one year before Decent Proposal. One. But, you know, it was a comedy. Yeah. But then he goes to... A, from, you know, Woody from Cheers goes to White Man Can't Jump to a decent proposal. Yeah. Well, he was... Yeah, he was on Cheers for the whole time. Or well, not the after whole the third, time, the third, I think uh, after Coach died, I think it was the third or fourth season. Yeah, which uh, Cheers is on Netflix, by the way. If you like Cheers, because we've been there's ten seasons, I believe, and me and Autumn have been working through them. But you know, it's the twenty three thirty episode seasons. Yeah, it still holds up. I, th- I think so. That show is still yeah. phenomenal. I mean, I watched the hell out of it growing up. So my parents did too. Like it was always that late night sh- that Cheers, yeah. Cheers will come on the night court. So Melissa went through all. My wife went through all the. Um, 
episodes of Cheers. And so when I came in every once in a while, I'd recognize the episode. Yeah. That's still like, if, speaking of 80 things revisited, we haven't done like, we mentioned that I think on the TV show that we did, but the whole, all the seasons on Netflix, if you haven't seen or you remember that show, it is still so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, and the, the strange thing is like, it's written so well, I think. Like there was an episode where one of the one of Norman's friends was gay. Yeah. Which, you know, in the eighties, that's Yeah. I, I never saw that episode before. I was like, damn, like, you know, when you think this this it played just fine today. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, socially relevant. But then playing thirty years ago, thirty three years ago. Yeah. I mean what a uh, ahead of its time television show. And of course it again, lasted ten that years. That was the time for ahead of its show television. I think so. What could they do now that ahead of its time you know well the only thing they could do was you take your tv off cable and network and hype you know movie quality yeah. production value on game of thrones that's true um or, you know put it into what you know your the, TV, the television shows have had to become movies now. it's it's yeah production level yeah yeah i guess that still but that's not gets you it's, the same, it's not the same but yeah, yeah I mean, it's not like pushing uh boundaries in the real world you know yeah i mean you have to have a donkey fucker on a tv show or something now right yeah and then like he's a person too damn it if you want to go that far, nobody's yeah. begging for that. Or have somebody from Namble on the show or yeah. something. You have to give it a couple of years. They'll yeah, get there. There'll be, there'll be something. But yeah, it makes me think of like married to children. Yeah. Shows another like one. that constantly yeah. pushing the limits in the real world, making people pissed off. No one's getting pissed off about Game of Thrones. Yeah. Other than storyline relative. Yeah. Like what? What? No. He oh. can't be dead. Of course he's not fucking dead. Yeah. Yeah. Never spoilers on this show. Yeah. But uh, someone well, dies in Game of stuff, Thrones. What? No. Oh, no. <laughs> what? No. But uh, in the scene, going back to Overboard, uh, when Annie is using the chainsaw, she actually cuts off the scarecrow's head. Behind the right eye of the scarecrow is a hexagonal hexagonal patch that's a nod to a clockwork orange. And uh, what's his name? Malcolm McDowell's eye makeup in that film. Uh, Kurt Russell's biological father plays the sheriff. Uh, and this is, in, uh, and I've always, again, not, one of the reasons I like, I love Kurt Russell as an actor. I also, and again, listen to the commentaries. He sounds like your best friend when you hear him talk. Like, just, he seems like one of those people that are celebrities that you, you know, you want to approach. You want to, like, oh, just, you know, you feel like he's not that asshole kind of celebrity. You feel like he's a good person, at least based on what you've heard about him. But tying into that, uh, of course, him and Kurt Russell, her, uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell were dating at this time. Uh, and they had their own kids with them on the set while they filmed. In fact, uh, his son Wyatt took his first steps on the set. But uh, hmm. and also, I was wondering his son's name Wyatt. And this is obviously born '87. Tombstone was early '90s. I wonder if he named his son because he always liked maybe liked Wyatt Earp or just a hey, like the name. And then he goes on to play Wyatt Earp in the most '90s western yeah. there could be, <laughs> which I'm okay with. Yeah, it, there's my, a place for that. I found my soundboard. What? No. Oh, it's back. Yeah, it's It's been a while since. (laughs) I don't have to say it anymore. Uh, Yeah, but uh, they also, uh, one of the days on the set, several days on the set, Kurt Russell and Goli Hawn cooked for everybody on the set. Uh, Hmm. You know, don't usually hear that for uh, modern, of course, it's a different time now. I mean, you know, you have thousands of people on set, granted, it's a smaller production, but you know, a lot. I like hearing when, you know, I like being justified in thinking that somebody's a good person. Yeah. You know, like when you see Chris Pratt visit a children's hospital or Chris Evans or, you know, Downey Jr., whoever, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like. You hope uh, they're not being whispered in the ear to do that. Yeah. 
But but I mean, I've, you know, if you've seen, uh, like, I know Chris Pratt was in town filming Magnificent Seven. Yeah. And you kept hearing all these stories about how, like, the people that ran into him yeah. as a, like, just a genuinely good person, good, yeah. nice guy, so to speak. You know, which I always like hearing. Like, I like, it's nice to know that people in that, that in a, in a, in a, in a business that where disillusionment and you're basically lying to everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're acting, you're, you're acting like somebody that you're not. That's what I'm getting at, you know, not, but that there's genuine, like, good people in that line of work. Cause, uh, a lot of our friends that work locally in the movie business have just like told me horror stories about not so much the actors and where they're working because I don't know any actor friends. Uh, no offense, Tim. I'm talking about like you know working with big budget people and not <laughs> oh, myself he's either. Not listening, of course not. But yeah. uh, and more people that work behind the scenes and like editing and that kind of you know the same people I'm talking about. I'm not going to drop names in case somebody <laughs> that's listening. But you know just horror stories about how people are in that industry and it's just like god i'm uh, you know part i'm glad i'm ha- glad i'm happy in life right now though i didn't go down that road and get stressed out like i see my friends are getting and having to deal with jackasses all the time yeah but that's just me because i'm a simple man i just need you know some john carpenter movies just be nice people and just yeah i mean there, there's it's never wrong to be nice so yeah. but anyway uh end of the rant uh kurt russell says that uh this and captain ron are the two movies everyone seems to have on their boats <laughs> which makes you know, you, wait yeah that makes perfect sense boat movies you know I guess the only other one you should throw in there would be like you know throw in Jaws and maybe Poseidon Adventure or something I think you got your, your boat movie more oh, decent proposal there's a boat in that uh, so you can go with that too and uh, I mentioned Pee Wee Herman earlier the references in that uh, all the scenes of the kid actor uh, the character Joey talking in Pee Wee Herman's voice were improvised as I was, none of the Pee Wee Herman stuff was part of the original script, but the kid kept doing the impression on set, so they just kind of rolled with it and told him to do it at certain <laughs> parts in the film, and there you go. Huh. Uh, and as of 2014, this was the third and last of three movies that real-life couple uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell appeared in together as co-stars. Their earlier ones were Swing Shift in 84 and the one and only genuine original family band in 1968, which is where they met, but they didn't get together till much uh, years after that. So they knew each other from there, and then... Uh, Kurt Russell had a wife, and then they divorced, and then they, him and that's when him and Goldie Hawn got together. Never been married, but they're still together. So, and I think I know why, because when I got married, I had to start paying a shit ton of taxes for some reason. <laughs> so he had it figured out. So Did you really? Yeah. Because we on our taxes, we... we you know, oh, uh, yeah. yeah we put married, married. as... Oh, well, the first year, we put married in one, because that's what we were told to do by our accountant. No. And then... Whoa, wait, I, like, oh, okay, here's your, me and Perry went the same day, our friend Perry, to get our tax returns. He's like, oh, yeah, we're getting back 1600 bucks. I'm like, damn, they have a kid. Yeah. like, oh, good for you. Oh, I'm sorry, Trey, but you got to pay 700 I'm like, what? what? <laughs> I've never had to pay taxes in my life. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Pissed off, like, okay, well, okay, you know, and I calm down, like, okay, well, how do I stop this from happening? Oh, you and your wife need to be married with zero. Okay, no problem. Immediately change it. Uh-huh. Next year, oh, you got to pay six hundred. Like you told me last year, what did the pay in if we did this? <laughs> and she's like, well, you know. Uh, uh, and then she just kind of played dumb. I'm like, hey, fuck this. Never went to her again. Right. Change it to, uh, I think just we could claim single and zero. I can't remember what it is. Or no, I, I do married and married and zero, and she does mar- uh, single and nothing or something. I forget what we had to do, but now it's That's just weird. like before we were married. Like because the second you add that you get taxed out the wazoo even though you don't have kids it's like they're anticipating you're going to have kids and they're going to be paying you more later or something yeah yeah I have no clue but it I was extremely pissed off <laughs> but yeah so for tax purposes I imagine that might be why they're not married and also you know prenups and all that bullshit that they got to do or they end up in an Amber Heard Johnny Depp situation yeah. to date oh, oh that pisses me off that pisses, pisses me right, right off. off 
It's so good to have those back. <laughs> it's been like 50 episodes without them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, ranking... I got a new it, phone case where I don't have to take it off to plug it in. Oh, hey, that works. <laughs> Uh, but uh, as a score, uh, actually, you know, now I like to give a critical score and also a uh, personal score. But again, this I think last week they were the same. This week they'll be the same as well. I give it an eight. I think it's. Uh, I, I enjoyed watching it again, uh, not just for nostalgia. I, it was almost like watching it for the first time, being an adult. But then also, I think the combination of the cast, script, you know, it's, and it's a comedy, so it's not like you need a, you know, genius. You don't need Spielberg directing it. Yeah. But I thought it played well. It was, you know, this was released today. Aside from the rapey part, it could have been made yesterday. Aside and, from the, oh, the excuse part. me. Aside from the fashions and the raping part, would have held up. So that's my point. Jesse, would you well, if you had to give it a score? Um, I'd probably go with a six and a half, mm-hmm. which is good. That IMDb, yeah. that's a you know, check I'm, it out. I'm never gonna seek it out. Yeah, but me if either. it's on, I'm yeah. My mom's in, like, oh, I got mommy watch Overboard again. Oh, cool. Oh, you want to watch it with me? Sure. Mom, I'll watch a movie with you, Mom. Yeah. That kind of thing. But uh, in the real world, again, this released December 16th, 1987. To date this, uh, the same day this was released over here in the United States, Mega Man was originally released in Japan. Mm. So to date it. What was your favorite Mega Man boss in any oh, of the original uh, three? The ones that are most memorable is, like, uh, the one with Toad Man, who calls the rain and stuff yeah. like that, Drill. I don't remember which one that yeah. was though. Now the, I was thinking about myself like I don't remember all the names of the mans. Yeah, they all but blend together. The big as a kid, I think it was Mega Man Two. Quick Man Quick was man. the biggest bitch for me. I never, I never beat that game, or I never got beat him to get his ability to fight Doctor Wily because he had that level where you had to fall, and the the laser beams hit you, and you had to fall like the exact certain way to get through the stage. I think huh. I got through that part like once. Never again. Because I, I would beat every other one. But I'd get, then I'd get the Quick Man stage and just fucking die. Mega Man 2. All my lives. So Quick Man, not that he's my favorite, but he was the one I remember the most because he was a bitch for me. Of course, some people are like, oh, I'll beat it like easy, but I can never beat, you know, Crash Man or any of the other ones. I can handle all those. But Quick Man pissed me off. <laughs> no, I don't remember any of them that gave me problems. See what, you just... got to fall? We're watching it now on YouTube. Let's see. You see what you fall. You know, and that, and that, I want to say that's most of the stage. Well, he's gonna get to the part where like you gotta dodge all the fucking lasers. But that's the fall. I mean, it's getting there. It's it, never like that constant fall. It is. Here it goes. Oh. You know, see, at first, you know, you kind of uh, learn the pattern, but then like I would always fuck up or you know some bullshit like that. Oh, well, this guy is recording it and he even fucks up. Oh, I see. Well, that would have been helpful if you fell the other way, huh? Actually, yeah. Bonus life. That was the stage game I was trouble as a kid, so I always remember him. And it goes dark, too. That's no fun. <laughs> yeah. Mega Man 2 was, my, I think, mean? the best one, though. That was the... F- Even though, like, you... Back then, you die. Three lives, you're out. Unless you earn extra ones. What I played the most but of was, so was Mega fun. Man on PC. Like, the ori- but it was the original one? Um, like the, or... No, it's came way later. See, Mega. this was the... These parts were the... <laughs> trauma, trauma. Oh, God, God. <laughs> constant reset, constant reset. Watching all those lives I earned, flawlessly beating the other bosses, just ting away <laughs> over and over. Yeah, Mega Man on DOS, you had like, um, I think you only had like a couple bosses. Yeah, this is the game oh, I played. Oh, wow. I played the shit out of this game. Because <laughs> I had a PC. Yeah. But um, there's no music. There was music. At least I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that. <laughs> it felt like a ripoff. But... It does. Look, it looks like a ripoff. <laughs> 
Yeah, look up Mega Man PC on YouTube if you want to see what What is happening here? Yeah, yeah. I I, I want to say I beat this. But they only had, yeah, oh, well, see, only three bosses. Bolt Man, Sonic Man, and Dynaman. They look stupid. They have little googly eyeballs <laughs> sticking out of their helmets. Yeah, those bees suck. I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't have no knowledge of this. It's hilarious. <laughs> yep, it's like Mega Chinese Man Mega on Man. DOS. Look it up if you want to see what we're laughing about. Yeah, 1990. But uh, this week in Back to the Future, a couple of, at the time you're listening to this, not so recent movies. Uh, but recently I did see uh, one of the best films of the year, I'd say, and one of the contenders for the worst film of the year. Let's start with the worst for, first. Uh, that would be Warcraft. <laughs> I did see that. You, you did see it? What did you think? <laughs> um, you, played a, you played World a lot more than I did. Sure. I don't know if you played the RTS. And I'm RTSs. also familiar with the original story. They were going with Warcraft 1 story. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe they're trying to appeal to some people, like what's been coming out lately, because it was a lot of like regurgitated it just felt the same visually. Mm-hmm. Um, and also playing it in a storyline of the game, it's just told differently. Yeah. You, know, you get the cutscenes of the best parts. Yeah. This, you, had, you weren't playing a game. <laughs> you're like, let me play now. Nope, you're going to listen to these people talk about something. <laughs> it's like, because I drug my wife to see it, and she didn't want to see it to begin with. but She didn't want to see it? Yeah, but when I want to see it. Hey, it's Warcraft, but most the main reason I want to see it because Duncan Jones was directing it, and I love yeah, Moon. Yeah, that was, and an I was expecting too. a lot more out of him. Nope. Uh, visually, I think he wasn't. It wasn't that bad visually in terms of like just the aesthetic look of it. Yeah. The effects were hit or miss. Uh, uh, but it was just it was bad. I thought it was the, the acting and and the thing is you had like some people like Ben Foster, whom I think he's a very good actor. Yeah. Or let me rephrase that. He is in most movies he's in. Not in this fucking movie. Uh, he, he was just terrible. He was just like, I, I know uh, him. And then uh, Dominic Cooper, whom mm. I, think, I think he's an underrated actor as well. He was fantastic in The Devil's Double. He's preached growing on me in Preacher. Uh, of course, he's Howard Stark. But he was bad in it. Uh, the, the kid, the kid wizard, was like one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. Like the one that... Dude, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You um, know, I don't know his name, but like he uh, was. Kergar, Kergar. Like, like this guy is fucking terrible. Like it reminded me of the Justin Whalen, Marlon Wayans, uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie. The acting in this film. Yeah, Just, it was. Um, yeah. Also, the effects where it felt like okay, they're on a stage yeah. every time they're yeah. just yeah. episode on like prequel trilogy level. Like this is they're not interacting with anything. This is. Yeah. Uh, the thing, like all they, and the, here's the stupid thing: they played a the trailer for the new Warcraft expansion before the movie with the cinematic. Mm. That should have been the fucking movie I was about to watch because that know. looked fucking badass. Yeah, and I think everybody who's ever played any Blizzard game has thought like they should just make a movie with the, the CG, like yep. you know, just do the Put just them all make, together. Yeah, and just that it would have been. I guarantee you, it would have been a better movie. Yeah, it was because it looked badass. It had, it had that because the art style of Blizzard games is awesome. Just amazing like uh, you look at you know it but also varied like you look at overwatch it has that cartoony aspect to it but it still has a you, the overall aesthetic with everything look at world of warcraft or any warcraft you know the best part of i still have the fucking instruction books from my pc versions of warcraft one and two because they were the lore books they were actually like books with the artwork and the whole story and everything hmm. but not, you know they, they have that aesthetic they have that down pat the production designer on this film i don't know what the fuck they were doing it was just 
oh, bad. I think, and then the funny thing is, Ruth Nega was playing the queen, Dominique Cooper's queen, and they're both in Preacher together now. Mm. As, you know, boyfriend, and, well, in the comic, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. I'm sure they're going to get together on the show as well. We're just like, oh, it's like Preacher. But it was just, and the chick with the, the orc chick with the tusk, that was so yeah. stupid look. Like, it was just. <laughs> That's kind of so, what she looks like, though, in the game. <laughs> so much. They, the trolls or half orcs do look like that, but it, yeah. it, they, I think they could have got a better. They could have done that better. It just uh, looks. Yeah, makeup then. Yeah. And it's just like, I wish. I, I didn't. I don't hate the film, but it was, it was just bad. There was <laughs> like story elements were just stupid. Where, uh, okay, now, spoiler territory if you care. I suggest you don't care. And just watch it on Blu-ray. But I mean, honestly, if you wanted to see Warcraft, I'm sure you already saw it. So, uh, but when uh, he tells you have to kill me, it's the only way to stop them from retreating or to save everybody. Yeah. And it's just like the most. It was so stupid. Like it, it didn't play good. It was terrible. And then it didn't matter in the end. And then when uh, pretty much once the uh, troll guy, I mean, uh, orc, the orc guy, I don't remember the names, but the main orc guy dies. Yeah. And his wife dies. Like. Autumn said it too. Like, okay, everybody I care about in this movie is dead, so I really don't care what is about to happen. Right. And I was just like, well, yeah, because it carries on in the story. You know? Yeah, I mean, knowing the Warcraft lore, yeah. like you know what this is, but as a movie, it honestly it didn't work. they should have they should have covered the first three movies. Like, I mean, the first three games, three games, just condense it. Yeah, like hit the big points. Everything we just watched in that movie should have been the first fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, something like that. Yeah, just get Thrall out there. Yeah, basically, and then yeah. go from there. Like, Follow Thrall's story. Because there's not going to be a sequel. <laughs> because, oh, how much did it make? I mean, I think, it made... Well, I, I want to say it bombed over here, but it's doing a lot of money in Japan. Or like overseas, I should say. That's enough. Hey, cash is still green over Which there. Which is why Batman versus Superman is a success, because... And they it, call it Warcraft the beginning. So, they probably play. Well, they changed that. that. <laughs> original yeah, title original Warcraft. title, Warcraft. Well, they're, they're going to make more. Look at, I mean, it's got a. 7. How does that have a fucking seven point five on IMDb? Because <laughs> uh, they pay them for that number. <laughs> that is bullshit. Like, like I usually consider IMDb like you know somewhere a seven point five for a movie. I might be interested. In, like, oh, I think I'll check that out because usually that's a decent score. Actually, the gross is not very high, but um, that's U.S. One hundred and sixty million dollar estimate. Okay, it's made its money back worldwide, but where's oh, it? Oh wow. A billion in China. Oh, that's Chinese money, too. Yeah, yeah, Yen. I don't know if they still use yen or not. That's Japan. That's Chi- yen. Sorry. Chi- Chinese yen or Chinese something. CNY. Or... I don't remember. I know it's Japanese yen. Yeah. I'm sure they use something different in China. I'm look up on Google to train. To Chinese convert. currency. Currency. That's it. Oh. Convert. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, it's pretty easy to do on there. Because um, this is where you learn something in the podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> this is the education. Google has part. everything like that. So currency converter. Uh, let's see. It is. Oh, it'll, it'll take a while. Fill, fill air time. <laughs> Chinese yuan. Yuan. Yen. Yuan. Y-U-A-N. Japanese yen is Y-E-N. I don't know if it's a similar, different spelling, same pronunciation. No, yen is uh, Y-E-N. Yeah, yeah. For Japan. So it's got to be. It's different for sure. Yeah, so... Uh, so that's <laughs> uh, fifteen. Each one of those are worth fifteen cents. So wow. <laughs> so still a billion. That's still a significant still, amount. I mean, not compared to its budget, though. No, <laughs> like it's one hundred fifty mil, though. Yeah, that that's enough for them yeah, to say. Let's enough. do another. Yeah, at least to release it over there. Even not even releasing it over here. But yeah. I thought it was absolutely terrible. I was, and I I love even bad fantasy movies. I like. 
you know, or I can enjoy. Didn't enjoy this movie. The acting, the acting was honestly, I think it was the acting and just the the acting of, with the delivery of the lines that they had to say. Yeah, like in, in conjunction with just like this isn't make like I understand what you're doing because I also I know the the overall story here, but this is stupid. Mm-hmm. This is this is dumb. Oh, he and the dude playing the main guy or he's from the Vikings. I don't, I don't watch that show, but I've heard he's like really good in that show. Well, he's playing. Well, I don't think it was. Was it Lothar? Was was that? Yeah, yeah. I, that dude was terrible in this film, and he's supposed <laughs> to have a. And his kid is as old as he is. That's the part that cracked me up, and he's like, "Oh, father!" I'm like, "Wait a second, this is this dude's dad? <laughs> he had him at like eight? And then that he whole did. scene where his son dies, I'm like, this is so stupid. Like trope after trope after trope. Yeah, it's just oh god, I can like, it's just a bad movie. I wanted it to, be, I really did want it like. To break, you know, being knowing it's a video game movie, but it's yeah. also Warcraft. Yeah. Like, if Blizzard's behind the story, they have any input here, there has to be some su- substance to it. But I don't remember nope. what his son's name was. He, was. he sucked anyway. I'm glad Callum? he died. Maybe. Yeah, I think that was Yeah, that's a little. <laughs> that <dead> little. Motherfucker. <laughs> I was trying to look up his age. Uh, I mean, he looks pretty young, though. Yeah. The other guy was born in 79. He could have had him. 37. He'd be my age, be basically. Teenage. Kid. It should say on his main page, like how it should, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Oh well. <laughs> Even if he's seventeen, well, twenty, yeah. Well, let's see. He has to be pretty damn young. He played a twelve-year-old in two thousand seven, so maybe ninety-five. Mm. Still, I don't buy it. He, yeah, the he difference would have is been too, a teenage. He would have been right out of high you know, school. You know, and like, uh, it's just like you know, your heroes of movies necessarily shouldn't be old guys. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But if a dude has a son that's like this battle-hardened veteran, that's like almost like. Uh, just not quite as good as his dad. Like there needs to be some disparity there. Mm. I need to believe that this dude's old enough to have a kid. And that's a nitpick. I mean, that's not you know, that's you know, a lot of movies do that. But in this movie, it was just like, wait, that's his kid. Mm. It just couldn't buy it. And Duncan Jones, you can do better. You can do a lot better. Yeah. Your dad's David Bowie. You did fucking Moon. And Source Code was actually really Source good. Code. I thought yeah, that was you know, uh, that was a great science fiction movie. As was Moon. Warcraft, not so much. But well, anyway, uh, it's too I much wonder, time on that. I, mean, I do not recommend it. As little as he's done, I wonder how much control he really had. Well, I know, remember, yeah. like it got delayed, like years. You know, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. who knows how, like, what scenes were shot when? But regardless, I mean, I would put this movie, one hundred and sixty million dollar budget, in this. Like, go watch the fucking Dungeons and Dragons movie with, from the nine, uh, early two thousands. <laughs> now, see, that wow. movie is so bad, but I enjoy it. It's bad, good. You know, it's that. Con Air kind of level. Like, I know this movie's bad, but I enjoy watching its badness. Like, I'd love to see a Rift Tracks or a Mystery Science Theater version of it. Mm. But also, that movie knows it's bad in a sense. Like, they're not, they're trying, but they know. I, I take it back. They don't know that it's a bad movie, <laughs> but everything comes out B movie in it. So that makes it enjoyable in a sense. Like, Fan Damn Street Fighter. Although mm. they, they try to make a good movie, but they made a really damn good B movie. Uh, but Warcraft is meant to be a fantasy epic, and it fails spectacularly. In my opinion. So if you think differently, AsiaVisited at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. Because, and Ben Foster, you're better than this movie, and so are you, Dominique Cooper. <laughs> Ruth Nega, you were the best actress in that movie. Actor, actress, period. You were the best one. Keep it up. And she's really pretty, I think. Uh, but anyway, uh, I said I saw one of the worst movies of the year and one of the best movies of the year. One of the best movies of the, best movies of the year, Finding Dory. Oh, yeah. I, I thought, saw that too. I thought it was fantastic. And like, I love Pixar, but Finding Nemo wasn't like my favorite one. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like you know, like Toy Story, Wally. Like I probably uh, didn't like uh, Dory as much as you did. 
I did. I like uh, honestly, it was Hank, all because of Hank, the Octopus. Oh yeah, yeah. Like every time he was on screen, I, yeah. Speaking of married with children, yeah. Every time he was on, he, every time he was on screen, I just had like it was so funny. And then the whole spoil, okay, spoilers. You go <laughs> go see it, but like the whole end scene where they're going off and it starts Welcome playing back. Wonderful More World. Spoilers. I just lost my. I oh, that, was a that fun, part was good. I I, yeah, I, yeah. I was laughing louder than anybody else in the theater. It was yeah. so funny, and uh. I mean, it, it felt like uh, they borrowed a page from Brian Singer and that. Because <laughs> he kind of does that with Quicksilver right yeah, now. Yeah, every time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like, I like I like, I like Finding Nemo just because I like, it has sharks in it. I love sharks. I've mentioned yeah. that my love for you know, Shark Week is ending. And then uh, all you Torners need to put up the latest episodes because you'll stop doing it after Wednesday and there's still new episodes I haven't seen. Uh, or, hey, Not hey, that you have anything or to do with Or better yet, Discovery Go, make your fucking app available on Xbox or PlayStation so I can not have to oh, watch yeah. it on my computer screen. Yeah. Uh, that would help a lot. Uh, but anyway, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Finding Dory. Went in with no expectations just because I wasn't excited about it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was excited because it was Pixar, but also Pixar's last movie, The Good Dinosaur, was definitely oh, their worst. That was not good. Yeah. So, and, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Pixar sequel. I mean, uh, some of the sequels have been great. The Cars ones, no. No. I didn't like, I mean, the first Cars was acceptable. I mean, it wasn't a bad movie, but I didn't need, I don't ever need a sequel to that. Mm. Uh, the Toy Story sequels were fantastic. Don't get me wrong there. Uh, Monsters University was great. Uh, but as a general rule, I don't think they need to keep... They need, I like the original Pixar stuff. Yeah. You know, Up, God. Wally. Yeah, especially, you know... Ratatouille, I like, stuff like yeah. that. You know, they, they, Inside Out, you know, just these kind of one-offs. Or, you know, you don't, they don't need to make sequels to all of them. Yeah, uh, but anyway, they have uh, one upcoming original. Oh wow! Coco. I don't know what that is, but seriously, Toy three. Story four? No, it's over. That story is over. It, it ended. It was a great ending. Perfectly. Yeah, there, there was a, the best bow you could give that series. Incredibles two? Yes, there needs to be an Incredibles two. Yeah, totally on board with that. But you don't. Toy Story's over. Like, no, please. If you if it is, it needs to be different toys, and just Ain't call it like got time for that. Exactly. And Cars three? <laughs> don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck at all. But yeah, like, and honestly, I didn't think they needed Finding Dory because, you know, it's the same plot. It is, yeah. It's the same movie. However, the, the Hank Car- the second, like, you, his introduction and everything, I was like, this, I'm like, every time, everything he's doing and saying, I'm dying laughing. The baby wrapped uh-huh. up and all of his, like, camouflage tricks. Uh, did you stay for the credits? Um, or did you watch the credits? Uh, um, I believe. Because the credits, they showed the Not different the scenes from the end, film. Huh? Not to the not to like an, there is a scene at the end which I didn't know until I, I didn't say for that. I say I say till they went black because they show all these scenes from the film, but then Hank's hiding somewhere in them. Oh no, I didn't see that. So like it'll be the, a shot of like the the warehouse or the the trucking sh- point in the movie where they're shipped out. Yeah. And all of a sudden like this thing moves and Hank like looks around and goes off. Then it goes to another scene of the place and then and like oh there he is. Then you kind of like you're playing Where's Waldo until he appears like where he's hiding in the scene. So if you, have, if you go to the theaters and see it, and I didn't just ruin the, you know, you didn't mind us spoiling some of this stuff. <laughs> Not really that we even spoiled anything. Some people anything. don't get bothered by that. But, but uh, I do. Stay for the credits. Uh, speaking of Sharks, The Shallows playing, but I haven't seen that yet because I'm not going to waste my free passes to see that in the theater because <laughs> it looks stupid. You know, it is it a does. shark movie. I'm like, people have heard of Blake Lively, but what has she really been in? Exactly. All I know off. is that she's, uh, here's how I know Blake Lively. She's married to Ryan Reynolds. That's how That's I know her. That's all too. I know about her. But she was in a that California show. I don't know. Californication? Maybe. No, I no, don't know. no. Um, the OC or one oh. of those kind of shows like that. No clue. Yeah, exactly. It's, 
I never even heard of her until she was married to Ryan Reynolds. Or, or did she date? I think she dated Andy Roddick. I know it was Mandy Moore. She she was in a um, Lonely Island video too. Um, I just had sex. Oh, I didn't know. And who that's, that was that's her. when I saw her. I was like, "Who's that girl?" Yeah, yeah, I no don't clue. Know who that is. But anyway, yeah. So uh, skip Warcraft. Go see Finding Dory in 3D if you can. Uh, it's a it's a good it's a uh, there's a lot of stuff in there. You know, it's not uh, like one of those 3D movies where a lot of purposeful stuff, but it looks good in 3D. The depth of field underwater and everything really, really cool. Yeah. And uh, of course, send us any emails, 80sVisited at gmail.com, at AwesomePods on Twitter and Facebook, uh, on the internet. And as always, we like to always say, uh, give our shout outs to our good friends in Lafayette, uh, John and James with Now vs. Nostalgia. And also, don't forget the Asia Mania podcast as well with our friends in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. And next week, the Kurt Russell love continues with Tango and Cash, mm-hmm. the combination of two of the greatest action stars, not just of all time, but also of the 80s, in my opinion. Because you think, you know, Arnold. Willis, Stallone, you gotta add Russell in there because you got, in the 80s, you got Big Trouble in Little China, The Thing, Tango and Cash, uh, Missing One, Escape from New York, mm. you know, and, and I think the reason, and I don't think I rounded up my thought from earlier, but you know, the 80s was a decade of the over-the-top action hero, and Kurt Russell's action heroes were everyman, so to speak, they were, yeah. I mean, Snake was a veteran, but I mean, he was, you know, he was, he wasn't, you know, Russell was never ripped, um, yeah flexing for Jesse yeah. to explain that word that he said that I couldn't think of. But, you know, he was never like, he wasn't a Muscular, bodybuilder. He yeah. was a, you know, you look at Kurt Russell, he's a normal, he's just a badass yeah. to me. I mean, he always be a badass to me because <laughs> I have stars in my eyes when I see Kurt Russell. What? But uh No. No, it's true, I swear. <laughs> but, you know, and I think that's one thing that kind of hurt him because now that's kind of, you know, I mean, you still have your, The Rock and your Vin Diesel characters, but, I mean, you still have, for the mo- like, if you look at uh, the Marvel movies, uh, you know, uh, and, well, I guess that's, that's a bad example because uh, Evans got super ripped for Captain America. Oh, yeah. But uh, a lot of that suits, you know, for the most part. Yeah. You know, uh, but a lot of your generic action movie roles, well, even, well, I think about even Bruce Willis wasn't ripped, you know, but I mean, but in the 80s still, the big budget action heroes were Stallone and Arnold. Willis was up there with Die Hard, of course, in the mid to late 80s. He got the, there, yeah. The, you know, but, but, you know, Russell was doing that in the early 80s in terms yeah. of an action, just an action hero, but one that wasn't like, could, you know, Kurt Russell didn't pick up cars and dangle people off cliffs with one hand. <laughs> he just, you know, shot him. You know, he's just a badass. He's a gunslinger. Kind mm. of, or, or just, you know, he, he's, he's, he's like the character Mace from Sunshine, played by Chris Evans. And if you haven't seen it, you should watch him because it's fantastic. Uh, you know, he does what his his action hero is the one that sees. You know, this is how we stop this threat, and this is how you do it. Yeah, and he does that. He's just so. I think that that also kind of hurt him because I think that that action hero was ahead of its time in a sense because you see more of that as time goes on to where you see less of the big. You know, Nicolas Cage became an action star. John Travolta became an action star. Mm. Those are every men except Nicolas Cage. He's he is every man. <laughs> uh, he's all that is man. But uh, you know, did you see his new movie with uh, Elijah Wood? No, what's it called? I didn't see it either. But um, oh, what's it called? I don't know. Uh, but I Is just like, saw one clip from it. It was like, oh, he's trying to make he's trying to make these Wicker Man moments again. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it again unless you do Wicker Man two, Nick. But you're dead, so you got to figure. You know, a prequel maybe. But he's trying to make these moments that people are going to put in a- Oh, so he kind of becomes relevant in that, like, by having yeah. a, a blow-up scene? He, yeah, he's adding to his uh, 
ridiculous Nicolas Cage scenes uh, compilations that are on YouTube or something. Oh, he's in Snowden? The Trust. Awesome. That's it. <laughs> yeah, The Trust. <laughs> he looks like Castor Troy. Well, he is, he is Castor Troy, but I mean, he's got the mustache. The Trust. Bad Look cops make the best. Cr- <laughs> wow. Elijah oh, now Wood. they're trying to make Elijah Wood a badass. Yeah. Although I shouldn't say anything because I said the same thing about John Krasinski before watching 13 Hours. Uh, and by the end of that movie, he won me over. So I don't think he's going to win you over in this one. But that, My gut tells me that, too, because it's Elijah Wood, and he's eternally like a 17-year-old-looking motherfucker. <laughs> he's like my age, and he looks like he was... That should be his next movie, Eternally 17. Motherfucker. <laughs> but anyway, and of course, you know, we, I, I listen to a lot of other podcasts as well, especially the ones that our friends do. And all, all too frequently now, it's like Patreon and donations for stuff. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll never do that here. And I'm not discounting that. I mean, if you're trying to make a living out of it, that's fine. But uh, we, uh, I think, uh, a lot, and a lot of the shows we listen to as well, the same way that we promote, you know, we're just doing this because we like to talk about this and we hope that it makes you talk to the radio anatomically back to us and all that. So, uh, but, you know, what, the only thing we do ask, you know, we ask for, which we just started now, because we had 151 episodes, we feel we should have more than, you know, 10 reviews on iTunes. So, just drop That's us true. a line, and again, we don't care if it's good or bad. If you listen, to, if you're a fan of the we podcast, good, you know. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, all we ask is that if you give us a bad review, just tell us why. Yeah. Because if you if you listen to the podcast, whenever we get emails saying love the podcast, but this is this, we address because those we issues. don't edit. Is that it? <laughs> we need to like be, become produce like well, fully that's not produced. Gonna change. No, this is raw. This is real. Yeah. You know, we talk from this the heart. This may as well be live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Call us now. But anyway, you know, just send us an email, let us know how we're doing, or just drop us a review. Doesn't matter. That that's that's better to us than money in terms. Hope of... you like crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was good having that back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, everybody, we'll be back next week visiting with our old friends Tango and Cash. So until next time, I remain Trey Harris, Jesse Sedgley, Cowabunga. This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.